What's happening, everybody? Justin, Bridgewater's Finest on YouTube, Blockbuster underscore guy on Twitter, fueled, as always, by the great folks at Nerd Tees, and welcome to week 15 of my weekly NFL football pick show for the 2018-2019 NFL regular season and playoffs. Coming back to you this week in verbal form. Again, I apologize that I didn't have an audio recording from last week. I just ran out of real estate time-wise, and I always want to get these episodes up no later than, you know, early in the day on Wednesday, and Tuesday is always my preference, but it got to the point on Wednesday where it's like, look, my recording process is about five hours. I don't have the time left in the day to get this out in a reasonable amount of time, so I'm going to have to do it this way. That's the only explanation I can give. Don't worry, I'm not sick again or anything like that. I just ran out of real estate time-wise, and we'll do better in the future. But hey, maybe I should consider not recording audio-wise more often because this was one of the better weeks I've had all season. Straight up, the picks were 12 and 4, one of my best straight-up weeks all year. That has me 131 and 75 straight up with the two ties from early in the season. And against the spread, we did very well as well. 10 and 6 for the second week in a row for the picks in week 14. And for the first time since week 1... At 500 against the spread, exactly 102 and 102 with four against the spread pushes so far this season. Finally back to 500. Set yourself a goal, kids, and work towards it. Doesn't matter how long it takes. If you work, you're going to get there. So 102 and 102 with the four pushes. Over, under, yeah, not so much. 5 and 11 last week, which is just, it's just been par for the course. Honestly, before I started recording this episode, I considered, like, should I just stop? Because I've been giving you guys ridiculously terrible over, under plays all season long. More over, under losses then I had straight up wins heading into last week. So, I mean, it, it's 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 unreal how bad my total picks have been. And I thought, no, I'm going to keep going with it, but I'm going to stick only with my own gut. Like, these are my gut plays. This is how I cap the games. This is how I'm going with it. Rather than taking, you know, outside information sort of into account, I'm just going with my gut for the rest of the season. So, look, if you've been fading my total picks, and I said it on Twitter, if you've been fading those picks, you're probably doing pretty good this season. Platinum, gold, silver, and bronze for the first time in a while honestly was not that successful. I was only two and two straight up. I got the Chargers beating Cincy and I got the Saints beating Tampa Bay, but I missed Houston beating Indianapolis. That didn't work out. Colts won that game. And then Oakland with arguably the upset of the week beating the Pittsburgh Steelers. So I was only two and two straight up there. Against the spread, I only got one. I told you to take the Saints minus eight in that game against Tampa and they covered that winning by 14. So I got that. And I told you to stay under 49 points in Houston, Indianapolis. They only get to 45. Other than that, I lost everything else. So I was only one and three against the spread and one and three over under. But think about it this way. Three of my six against the spread losses last week came in those top four picks. I guess that's not exactly bragging about that, but it is saying like, huh, you know, just one of those weeks. Taking a look now at the Bridgewater's Finest and NFL YouTube Prognosticators Pick'em Pools, and uh, there's been some movement for sure. The Bridgewater's Finest Pool, I now sit in sixth place all alone out of 42. Just a few weeks ago, I was down in like the mid-teens. I'm up to six. I'm making my push for the top spot before the regular season ends. 1,124 out of 1,657 possible confidence points. That's a clip 
of 68%. And in week 14, I did a respectable 93 out of 136. That is also 68%. Shout out to our week 14 winner, Sports Soldier, Dan, I believe that is. from. He's been in the pool for quite a few years now. He went 11-5, and five, but managed the confidence points a little bit better. 97 out of 136. That's a clip of 71%. Was good enough for Sports Soldier to win week 14. And West Coast Martin remains our overall leader in the Bridgewater's Finest Pool. 133 and 73 straight up with the two ties. 1,138 out of 1,657 possible confidence points. That is a clip of 69%. It is just below a typical championship clip in this pool. But that also just goes to show you, if you do a little quick math, just how close this pool is. Martin leads with 1,138 points. I'm in sixth place with 1,124. That's only 14 points apart. It's going to be an interesting finish here. And in a week where we're celebrating against the spread successes, we go to the NFL YouTube Prognosticators Pick'em Pool, and your boy, Bridgewater's Finest, tied for first place. Out of 49 people making picks in that pool. 105 against the spread wins according to Yahoo's lines. That is 50% clip on the season. Just over 50%. In week 14, according to Yahoo, I went 11-5 and five against the spread. We all know I went 10-6. and six, But according to Yahoo, I went 11-5. and five. That's a clip of 69%. That certainly helped me get up there. In week 14, we had four teams that all tied at 11-5 and five against the spread, 69% clip. One of them was your boy, so I tied for the weekly win. And myself and West Coast Martin are deadlocked, tied at the top of the NFL YouTube prognosticators. Pick em pool standings with 105 correct against the spread picks. Out of the 208 games played so far this season, just over a 50% clip, me and Martin duking it out. So shout out to Sports Soldier and the four teams who win 11-5 and five against the spread for winning week 14 in the Pick'em Pools, and to West Coast Martin and myself, Bridgewater's Finest, for being the overall leaders in the pools. Going to take a quick peek into Fantasy Corner here to see how my eight fantasy football teams did across week 14 action. Week 14, first week of the playoffs, in the two dynasty leagues that I'm doing, obviously the last week of the regular season in the public leagues that I'm in, I went five and two across my eight teams because one of them was on a bye because unfortunately I missed the playoffs in the NFL YouTube prognosticators pool or league, sorry. So I had a bye last week. My first round playoff matchup against Tim's crazy team in the professionals dynasty fantasy football league. Yeah, didn't exactly go well. Uh, I lost that one. I needed a Monday Night Miracle from Russell Wilson, and instead he makes one of the most embarrassing plays of his professional career, and uh, that certainly did not happen. So I lost to Tim. I'm eliminated. If you'll recall, I won the championship in that pool last year. Not going to get past the first round. Congratulations to Tim. He got it done. My stars did not. I didn't deserve to win. Tim definitely did. He's on to the second round which means I enter the consolation bracket to take on Antonio Brown Notes, who uh, was a favorite in his matchup and wound up losing to Chris Carter, the Hatbox Kid. That's a projected loss for me in the consolation round next week. So like, man, it's just, it's not going well here towards the end of the season. 
in the NFL YouTube Prognosticators Fantasy Football League in the Consolation Pool this week. I have a matchup against Stat Pack, Matt Coombs, Matt the NFL Fanatic. That's a projected win for me there, so maybe I can get a little bit of respectability. But what's really important is all six of those public leagues going into the playoffs this coming week. I only made the playoffs in three of those six leagues. Couple, I just got like fifth place, sixth place, like just missed out because only four go to the playoffs, which I think is a silly way to do it. But that's just me from the outside looking in. Did make the playoffs in three of six leagues. I'll let you know how those go next week. And as always, you can go to the description of the video on YouTube or on the audio file on either SoundCloud or iTunes. You're going to find all of my results from last week. You're going to find all of my straight up against the spread and over under plays for week 15 in the NFL. You're going to find information on joining the Bridgewater's Finest or NFL YouTube prognosticators. Pick them pools. It is never too late to join those. You're going to find information on joining the NFL YouTube prognosticators Facebook page. And you're going to find information on the lovely folks at Nerd Tees. Folks, I've been pumping the tires all season. NerdTees.ca, they sponsor the show. They're a great, wonderful, small business tea company based in Woodstock, Ontario. NerdTees.ca, use that promo code BWFINEST, and that's going to save you, what is it? 15% at checkout. What is it? Free shipping in Canada on any order over 75 bucks. What is it? Great conversion rate on the US dollar. Two clicks of a button. Everything is in US prices. Today's blend is Ontario peaches. Delicious, reminds you of summer, and that's what you need on a bloody, bloody cold day like it is today. NerdTees.ca, promo code BWFINEST. Find yourself something to love or find someone you love something to love. You can do it on nerdtees.ca. Happily, there's a lot less news on the injury front than there has been in weeks past. Uh, Actually, the last couple of weeks, there's been quite a little bit going on injury-wise. Not too much to talk about this week, but... 16 full games again this week in the NFL as we will have from here on to the finish. Let's get started with an incredible Thursday night matchup, a pivotal one no less. Let's start in Kansas City where the Chiefs are going to take on the LA Chargers. And look, there's no manufacturing any kind of storyline here. The storyline writes itself. Kansas City 11-2 leading the AFC West, the Chargers at 10-3, and three, second place in the AFC West. Now look, we already know that the Chiefs, one way or the other, are going to make the playoffs. The Chargers have not clinched yet, and this is as close as the Chargers have been to the Chiefs in this division since, God, the first couple of weeks of the season. Chiefs have won two in a row. Chargers have won three in a row. They're both four and one in their last five. They both score a ton more than they allow in terms of their points. Chiefs are six and oh at home this season. Chargers have won five of their six games on the road. Chiefs are the only team in the AFC and one of only two teams in the entire NFL that have not lost a division game yet this season. The other team is the Rams in Los Angeles. Both the Rams and the Chiefs are 4-0 within their own division. Chargers have lost two division games already, including one to the Chiefs early in the season. And that could be the lean that the Chiefs have there. The Chiefs obviously have dominated AFC West competition. But while you might not have injury news specifically with the Chiefs, there's question marks right now around this Chiefs team. 
Tyreek Hill has been bothered with injury the last couple of weeks. Everyone says, seems to say that he's going to be playing, but is he going to be playing at 100%? Spencer Ware, of course, after the whole Kareem Hunt situation. Spencer Ware, he's banged up. Is he going to be 100%? Is he even going to play in this game? Again, it's a Thursday nighter. It's not a lot of turnaround time from the last time out to get those kinds of injuries healed up. So, look, it's entirely possible that Tyreek Hill does not play in this game, or if he plays, is limited and used more as like a decoy. It's entirely possible that Spencer Ware does not play in this game, or if he plays, is not 100% effective. If these players are not 100% effective, and it's it's worth mentioning too, of course, for the Chiefs, Eric Berry looks like he's going to be making his season debut in this game. He had an Achilles injury. I think it was like a bone that was like leaning into his Achilles or something like that. It looks like he's recouped from that. Probably going to make his season debut in this game. That's certainly helpful for the Chiefs defense. The Chiefs are an entirely different defense when Eric Berry is on the field. But we know where the Chiefs' bread is buttered. It's in the offense. It's in Tyreek Hill taking the top off of defenses. It's in the run game being able to pound in the trenches. If that is not running at 100%, I don't care where the game is, the Los Angeles Chargers defense can win this football game. Now, we do have to mention on the Chargers side of the field, it looks like Austin Eckler probably will not be playing in this game. He aggravated like a neck injury, kind of a stinger sort of thing. He's also, I believe, still in the league's concussion protocol, or if he isn't, he just came out, I believe, maybe yesterday. So it's worth pointing out that Justin Jackson is probably going to be taking first team reps at running back. Justin Jackson's a capable running back. I, I don't have any qualms between, you know, using Austin Eckler or using Justin Jackson. Quite frankly, if the not playing or playing at less than 100% trade-off is Austin Eckler for Tyreek Hill or Austin Eckler for Tyreek Hill and Spencer Ware, it's a pretty good trade for the Chargers. I'll be interested to see what the effectiveness of Eric Berry is in this football game, but I'm going to tell you something, guys. We're going to start this thing off with, uh, you know, what I would have to consider a significant upset no matter what the spread says. I'm going to take the Chargers. I like the Chargers to go into Kansas City with a Chiefs team that is less than 100%, probably going to have some rust on the defensive end with, you know, if if Eric Berry plays and it looks like he's going to. I, I like the Chargers. I think this is the best situation for the Chargers to win. There's question marks in the opposition, even though the opposition has been so good, especially at home. Patrick Mahomes can pull some magic, but this Chargers team has been so reliable and so dependable this season. I think they get it done. On the line, Chiefs are favored by three and a half points at home. Makes sense, but we like the Chargers to win. I'm going to grab the Chargers plus three and a half against the spread. Total in the game is 53. I have the final score 30 to 29 for the Chargers. So 59 points. We're going to go over the 53. Let's go to Denver now where the Broncos find themselves not entirely dead in the water quite yet in terms of the AFC wildcard. Although, you know what? You gotta, you probably got to win out at this point. But look, at 6-7, and seven, they're not totally dead. They bring their 3-3 three and three home record into a game at home against the Cleveland Browns. Brown sitting at 5-7-1, probably not mathematically eliminated from things, but very clearly still a team that does not really know how to win games on the road, despite the fact that they did win last week. 
I think if you would have told any Browns fan or any football fan, quite frankly, that heading into week 15, the Browns would be 4-2-1 and one at home and actually guaranteed, and again, this is Cleveland at home, guaranteed a winning record at home this season, they actually probably might have laughed at you. I mean, this is the exact number of games that I pegged the Cleveland Browns to win this season. I said they were going to be a 5-11 football team. So maybe they might be 5-10-1. I, I don't like Cleveland in this spot at all. I don't like them to go into a tough building to play in, a tough building to win in, in Denver, almost regardless of the team that's on the other side. It's just a very difficult atmosphere to win a football game in. I don't like their chances this week. I'm going to take Denver at home to beat Cleveland. On the line, Denver's a three-point favorite at home. I like them to win. It's a small price to pay. Let's take Denver minus three. Total in the game set at 45.5 points. I got this thing 27 to 23 in favor of Denver. That's 50 points. So let's go over 45.5. Let's go to Buffalo now where we got two teams that are dealing with injury issues heading into this football game. The Buffalo Bills playing host to the Detroit Lions. We'll start in Buffalo where Shady McCoy is banged up. Not 100% that he's actually going to play in this football game. If he does, he's likely to be less than 100%. Chris Ivory would be the next man up in that situation. He's capable, but it's certainly a downgrade. You look at Detroit on the defensive side for Detroit. Ziggy Ansah put on injured reserve. His season is over. That's definitely a hit to what's been a not overly good Detroit Lions defense this season. And it certainly doesn't help anything that the Lions come into this game on back-to-back road games and they actually won last week. And that's exactly what this comes down to for me. The Lions are not a good enough road team to win back-to-back games on the road. They're just not. They're 2-4 and four on the road so far this season, which is not garbage, but it's not great. And say what you will about Buffalo, they've won a few games at home this season. Yeah, they're on a two-game losing streak, but I think they get off the schneid this week. I think it's a decent position for them. Still don't know whether On Johnson is going to play for Detroit, so just too many question marks on the Lions' side of things. We're going to take Buffalo at home. Bills beat the Lions. Yes, this is me betting on a trend. Shut up. On the line, Bills are only favored by two and a half points at home. I like them to win. It's a small price to pay. Let's take Buffalo minus the two and a half. Total in the game set at 38 and a half points. Let's go 21-17 Buffalo. That's exactly 38 points. So we're going to stay under 38 and a half points. Let's go to Chicago now where the Bears are going to play host to my Green Bay Packers in a game that I think most people, if you would have asked them, what significance is this game going to hold in week 15? Before the season started, they might have been like, well, you know, by week 15, maybe Green Bay can clinch a wild card spot. And it's like, well, in week 15, maybe Chicago can clinch a wild card spot. Let's be perfectly honest, 10 wins can probably do it. Chicago with a very impressive defensive win last week, beating a huge offensive powerhouse in the LA Rams, beating them 15-6. to Not exactly a score that you would expect to see in a Rams game. Bears get to stay at home this week, take on a team that they know incredibly well in Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers. Packers still winless on the road this season. That's been their Achilles heel all year just a complete inability to win games away from their own building i don't think that changes because look chicago 
if this was a game where Chicago had nothing to play for, I could see this as a trap game and like, oh, cool, Green Bay, boom. But I mean, look, this isn't even the same Bears team that Green Bay played in the first week of the season. This is a much more confident, much better football team than they played in week one. I don't think they beat them in Chicago. So let's take the Bears at home to hang a loss on the Packers. On the line, Bears are favored by six full points at home, which might seem like a little high maybe. I'm sure a lot of people are looking at this like it is a trap game. So I imagine Green Bay plus six probably has quite a bit of action. I'm going to go Chicago minus six. The Bears are 3-0 and against the spread at home as a favorite of less than a touchdown. So they're covering this number against other competition. They're playing a not very good road team. It's less than a touchdown. We're going to take Chicago minus six. Total in the game is set at 45 points. I'm going to go 27-21 Chicago. So we are going to go over the 45 points because that's 48 and I know math. Let's go to Cincinnati now for a game that may be canceled due to lack of interest. The Cincinnati Bengals at home taking on the Oakland Raiders. I just liberally steal that from Geo. The Raiders, hey, they pulled the upset, one of the upsets of the season last week in beating the Pittsburgh Steelers because Pittsburgh's kicker uh, stepped on a banana peel, I guess. That's the only explanation that I can come up with. But still, as a team, the Raiders played well enough in that game to put themselves in that position. So you can't say, well, Oakland won because of that missed kick. No, Oakland won because they played well enough to put themselves in a position that a missed kick would win them a football game. That's what they did, and they deserved that win. In a season where there hasn't been very much to be happy about as a Raiders fan, uh, you take them where you can get them, and your third win of the season, hey, thumbs up. The Bengals, on the other hand, have also completely fallen off the tracks, but have had virtually nothing to be happy about uh, basically since before Thanksgiving. Five straight losses for Cincinnati. They sit at five and eight in the basement of a division that also includes the Cleveland Browns, so they can't feel very good about that. Five and eight, they've lost five straight games. It's just, it's just not been a good season for Cincinnati from top to bottom. Injuries have had a lot to do with that. I think this team at full power is probably in the wild card conversation. You might have to extend the conversation a little bit, but I think they're at least in the conversation. But it's been the defense. The defense has just completely caved in. They've scored enough points that they should have won more than five games. But hey, we want to talk about a good position for the Cincinnati Bengals to gain a little momentum heading into next season. It's this one. You've got a Raiders team that just relieved their general manager of his duties. So obviously there is some uh, there's you know there's some background noise with the Raiders. They're only one in five on the road. They don't travel very well at all. And say what you will about the Bengals, they've won three games in their own building this season. This is their opportunity to say, hey, at least we were 50-50 at home home this is their last home game this year before they do back-to-back -back roadies to end the season I think they get it I think they get to finish at home four and four this season and say okay that's at least something to try and build on maybe heading into next year and obviously figure out what you're going to do with all the injury situations look to me this is a team that you absolutely rip apart and you build it around Joe Mixon and Tyler Boyd those are the two players. And, you know, there's some younger pieces on defense that I think you'd keep around. But the rest of it, fire sale. Rebuild this thing. Anyway, I like the Bengals this week at home. It's a plus situation for them. Let's take Cincinnati at home to beat Oakland. 
On the line, Bengals are three-point favorites at home. I like them to win. It's a small price to pay. Let's take Cincinnati minus three. Total in the game is 46. We're going to go 27 to 23 in favor of the Bengals because, look, the offenses might not be great, but these are basically the two worst defenses in the NFL right now. Points are going to be scored. I'm surprised this total is a middling 40. I've got it capped at 50 points. We're going to go over 46 points. Let's go to Indianapolis now where the Colts are going to play host to the Dallas Cowboys. Now officially the hottest team in the NFL. Colts did their job last week, man. They went into Houston. They won a game that they absolutely needed to win. Houston probably didn't feel like they needed to win the game, but I would have thought they would have wanted to clinch things, just wanted to, you know, get things over with in a plus position. They were not able to do that. Colts come up with the win. They're seven and six. They're right in the thick of the AFC wildcard race. And it's not over over for the division either. They're two games back with three games left. Colts also strong at home this season. Four and two is their record. But you take a look at the Dallas Cowboys, despite the fact that this is a pretty bad road team. They're only two and four on the road. Basically, what I say about playoff teams is you just got to go even. Go even on the road. Go four and four in your road games and then take care of business at home. You're probably going to make the playoffs. Right now, Dallas would have to win both of their remaining road games to do that. But right now, if there's any team in football that I think would be capable of doing that, it would be the hottest team in the NFL. Cowboys have won five straight games and they have launched themselves into, it's basically their division to lose at this point. Sitting at eight and five, guaranteed at least a 500 record. The Eagles and the Redskins both sit behind them at six and seven. Redskins are a complete tire fire, at least with the injury situation. And the Eagles, I don't think that defense is good enough to catch them. And while the Cowboys know they're not exactly playing for a potential first round bye because they're sure as hell not going to catch the Saints and they're not going to catch the Rams who both sit at 11 and two, they know they're going to have to be playing on wildcard weekend one way or the other. I think this is a team that wants to wrap that up right now. They want to wrap this division up. They know they win this game. It's done. It is done like dinner. It doesn't matter what the other teams do. They win this game. They got it wrapped up. But this is a battle of desperation on both sides. Dallas has to be desperate to win this game. Indy has to be desperate to win this game because the Colts is very uncertain whether or not they're going to be playing on wildcard weekend. Even though it's not an advantageous position for Dallas, I, I kind of like the Cowboys this week. I Call it a gut feeling, I guess, if you got to boil it down. I, I thought it was a good win against a division opponent last week for Dallas. I think they're coming into this game, obviously, with all the momentum in the world, having won five straight. Dallas's defense is good enough to win this football game against an offense that plays very well in their own building. I think this will be a tightly contested matchup. Could even be won on a last second field goal with expiring time we're gonna go dallas in this one we're gonna take the underdog let's take the cowboys in indianapolis to hang a loss on the colts and further murky the water in the afc wildcard race on the line indianapolis obviously favored by three points at home which is basically like vegas saying that this game is a pretty much a toss-up but i'm going to take those points i'm going to go dallas plus three like the cowboys to win let's take dallas plus the three points total in the game is set at 47 i've got this game 24 21 dallas that's only 45 so we're going to stick under 47 points in dallas indianapolis let's see that cowboys defense win that football game 
Let's go to Minnesota now where there's some news to talk about. The Vikings are going to play host to the Miami Dolphins. Dolphins coming off of that, you know, all-time great lateral Statue of Liberty, whatever you want to call it, that all-time great play where they walked off on the New England Patriots. And man, there's something about the Patriots playing Miami in Miami. Miami doesn't get that luxury this week. They got to hit the road. They got to go up to a cold Minnesota. But... The Vikings, it ain't all gravy for the Vikings. Certainly not as much as I thought it would be at this point in the season. I thought there was potential that the Vikings would be going still for the perfect season. I thought the potential existed that that could happen. But you got the Vikings on a short week, first of all, because they played on Monday night in that loss against Seattle. Although that game, obviously that game was a lot closer than a final score of 21-7 to would indicate. That was just, it just fell apart at the end for them and Kirk Cousins in prime time. Everybody's talking about that. I won't waste your time. But it's a short week for the Vikings, and they just fired their offensive coordinator. So what is their offense going to look like on a short week against Miami? The plus side here is Miami's one of the worst defenses in football. So you're not going to get a lot of pushback from the Dolphins in this football game. It's in your own building. It's a good spot. I think I'm going to take the Vikings here. Let's take Minnesota at home to beat Miami. On the line though, Vegas is insane. Uh, Miami is a seven point underdog on the road. Minnesota favored by a full touchdown on a short week after just firing their offensive coordinator. Uh, No thank you. That's way too many points. I have this capped like within a field goal. So Miami plus the seven points. Look, their defense is not great, but I think this is going to be a close football game. Tannehill in the offense, assuming Tannehill plays, and that's probably playing into it quite a bit. Is like we don't know whether Tannehill is going to play or not. He's not really a rushing quarterback, so I think he'll probably be out there. I'm going to take Miami plus the seven points. Hell, the Dolphins could win this game outright. Probably won't, but could. Total in the game is set at 44 and a half. I've got this game 23 to 21 in favor of the Vikings. That's only 44, so we're going to stay under 44 and a half points. Let's go to New York now where the Giants are going to play host to the Tennessee Titans. Tennessee still fighting for their lives in that AFC South. Also worth noting, Titans have the long week having played last Thursday night. Titans will be playing their eighth and final road game of the season this week. They get to finish the season on back-to-back home games, which is a very good spot for them to sneak into that last AFC wildcard spot. And they get a pretty plus matchup here against the Giants that are only two and four in their own building, but Giants have won two straight games. They've also won four of their last five, and those four in their last five are four of their five wins this season. So Giants have certainly turned it around, and it's the offense. The offense is really cooking with Saquon Barkley. Titans have also won two straight games. They're certainly keeping themselves alive in the playoff conversation. It's worth pointing out, Tennessee has played an NFC opponent twice this season. They beat them both times. This game to me was close enough that I don't particularly see why the Giants are favored in this game, or certainly not favored as much as they are. It's two and a half points. That's just a little too much for me with a Titans team that's on a long week, has had time to prepare for what is essentially at at best a run-of-the-mill football team. So I kind of like the Titans here. I think the preparation is going to play the biggest role. So let's take Tennessee on the road in New York to quote-unquote upset the Giants. Like I said, on the line, Giants favored by two and a half points at home. 
I like the Titans to win, so let's take Tennessee plus those two and a half points. Total in the game is set at 43 and a half points. I've got this thing 24-23 for Tennessee. That's 47 points. We're going to go over 43 and a half. Let's go to Jacksonville now where the Jags, also coming off the long week having played Tennessee last Thursday, are going to play host to the Washington Redskins, the injury-ravaged Washington Redskins. And look, it only got worse last week. Jordan Reed injured again. What else is new? As a former longtime Jordan Reed fantasy owner, uh, I know that feel, brah, because it happened constantly. Reed re-injuring the toe that has given him issues over the last couple of seasons. It's possible that his season is over, but it's also possible that he plays this week. So I only have to call that a minor injury because I don't know what way it's going to go. It looks like it's leaning pretty heavily towards he's not going to play again this year. But I mean, I've we've seen stranger things than having a report like that come out and then the guy plays the next week. Look, this is pretty simple. you got a Redskins team that's got Josh Johnson in at quarterback. By the way, hashtag I know a guy. Josh Johnson in at quarterback, probably not going to have Jordan Reed. All the injury issues that this team has faced this season. It's possible they could get um, Samahe Pirine, and I know I'm pronouncing that name terribly, absolutely butchering it. They could potentially get him back this week, but it's more than likely we'll see him next week. But, I mean, what else can you say? I think you fade the Redskins probably rest of season. Certainly on the road in Jacksonville against a team that is more than capable of playing some defense. I think this is a pretty plus game for Leonard Fournette here at home. Good situation against a team that doesn't exactly play the greatest defense. After starting the season looking like maybe that defense might be something, it's completely collapsed. So, I expect to see a good day from Leonard Fournette and a good day, a rare good day, from the Jacksonville offense. Let's take the Jags at home to beat Washington. On the line, however, Jags are favored by a full seven points at home. That's just too many points for me, if I'm perfectly honest. And I really went back and forth on this one because a lot of people seem to think Jacksonville is going to cover this. But look, we're talking about two bad football teams. The Jacksonville Jaguars are a bad football team. On offense, on defense, they can play. Again, they can play some defense, but their defense is by no means impregnable. So it's just two bad football teams. And with two bad football teams... That's too many points. Take the points. Washington plus seven in a game that who knows they could sneak up and win outright. Total in the game is set at 36. I've got this game 21 to 19 in favor of Jacksonville. That's 40 points. We're going to go over the 36 points in Washington, Jacksonville. Let's go to a game that early on in the week I pegged as the potential to be an upset special. Uh, We're looking at the San Francisco 49ers at home playing host to the Seattle Seahawks. Division game, Seahawks on a short week after a pretty bad offensive performance like that. That was, it wasn't embarrassing, but it was, it was pretty close. But I mean, Minnesota can play some defense, so it doesn't surprise me that it happened. But... There's a lot of things going against the Seahawks coming into this game. One thing that is not going against the Seahawks coming into this game is their recent history against the 49ers. Ten consecutive wins for the Seahawks over San Francisco, regardless of where the game is being played. So, like, look, originally I pegged it like, hey, there could be some value in, like, a San Francisco money line bet or something like that. Look, there's better upset picks to take this week. I think Tennessee is an excellent one. I mean, the the Chargers, I think there's value on the Chargers. 
So like, look, there's there's Dallas. Dallas is another one. So like, there's there's upset picks to be taken elsewhere. So let's not waste an upset pick by taking this one. If it happens, it happens. But I don't think it's smart money. So let's take Seattle on the road, even though they're on the short week, to hang another loss on the 49ers. Also certainly helpful that the 49ers have not won a game inside this division yet, which includes having played Arizona, I think, twice. Also, don't look now. Seahawks have won four straight games. They're making a name for themselves. On the line, the 49ers are four and a half point dogs currently at home. Seattle favored by four and a half in San Fran. The Seahawks would have been in the last nine games against San Francisco. In the last nine games, they would be seven and two against the spread in the last nine head-to-head matchups here if this line was at a full touchdown. So seven of the last nine games that obviously Seattle has won all of those games, but seven of those nine games, they've won by at least a touchdown. So they're only favored here by four and a half points. That feels like a gift. So maybe that leans more credibility to the idea that this is a trap game, but I'm going to take that. I'm going to buy it hook, line, and sinker. Let's go Seattle minus four and a half. Total in the game is set at 44 points. I've got this thing 28 to 20 in favor of the Seahawks. So that is 48 points. We are going to take over the 44. Now here's a marquee matchup this week. The Pittsburgh Steelers at home taking on the New England Patriots. Both of these teams coming into this game off of spectacular losses that came under the weirdest of circumstances. So look. Both of these teams are going to be hungry. Both of these teams feel the need to win this football game. Maybe Pittsburgh even a little more so because it's not 100% decided that they're going to win their division. I mean, they're at 7-5-1. Ravens are at 7-6. They're right there. That's still going to be a dogfight for the division. And Pittsburgh does not want to find themselves in a wildcard conversation. In the meantime, you've got the New England Patriots on the other side at 9-4, and four, having lost last week. But they want, what do they want? They want what they always want. They want the bye. They want that first round bye. They don't want to have to play on wildcard weekend. Bill Belichick and Robert Kraft know better than that. And you look at things, they probably aren't catching the Chiefs at 11-2 and two or the Chargers at 10-3, and three, whoever happens to win that division. Then you got the Texans right there. They're also 9-4. and four. So look, New England lost an opportunity to, I believe, clinch or certainly put themselves in the driver's seat to get one of those two AFC buys come playoff time. New England doesn't want to lose this game either. The Patriots' Achilles heel this season has been their games on the road. They're under 500 on the road. I believe all four of their losses this season have come away from their own building. Now, this is going to be their eighth and final road game this season. They get to finish their season. Surprise, surprise. Oh, I wonder who organized this. They get to end their season with back-to-back home games. Who's shocked? But this will be their eighth and final road game. And they're going into a building in Pittsburgh where Pittsburgh has been, you know, actually kind of average. They're only three and three. These are obviously two very good offenses and two defenses that, you know, eh, can kind of give and take. But in the, for the most part can, you know, play some defense. But man, you look at the Patriots and this is back-to-back road games for them. Now, granted, they lost last week. So it's not like they're trying to win back-to-back road games, but it's still back-to-back road games. Now you're going into a tough building against a tough opponent that is arguably just as good as you are. 
In a matchup like this, I look for game breakers. And the team that I think has the game breakers is the Pittsburgh Steelers. Obviously, Antonio Brown, you can talk about him until you're blue in the face. But ladies and gentlemen, and I sung his praises last season, Juju Smith-Schuster has arrived. Juju Smith-Schuster is a bona fide superstar in the NFL. I feel stupid that I let him go in the professionals dynasty fantasy football league i let him go in favor of like mike evans who has had not a very good season this year i think he might still be at a thousand yards but still it's it just hasn't been a great year for him juju smith schuster is a bona fide legit superstar in this football league it's possible that juju smith schuster is as good as antonio brown and i might be committing heresy by saying that but it's entirely possible Pittsburgh's got the game breakers. Pittsburgh's at home. Patriots are on back-to-back road games. I actually like Pittsburgh in this game. Pittsburgh also knows that Baltimore, the team that's right behind them, has a favorable plus matchup this week at home. So they have to be feeling that extra motivation. I feel like this is desperation time for Pittsburgh. Not necessarily desperation time for New England because they got to feel pretty confident that they're going to the playoffs one way or the other. I'm going to take the Steelers here. More desperate team playing at home. Let's take Pittsburgh at home to beat New England. Against the spread, Pittsburgh's actually a point and a half dog at home. So obviously, like them to win. Let's take Pittsburgh plus the point and a half. Total in the game is set at 52 points. I've got this thing 26 to 25 in favor of Pittsburgh. Let's go under 52 points because that's only 51. And the last game we're going to look at sees the Carolina Panthers at home playing host to the New Orleans Saints. We've talked about the Saints quite extensively on this show. We know that the Saints have clinched their division. We know that they're going to the playoffs. Panthers, not a thousand percent dead in the wildcard race, but it, it's it's win out time for Carolina. To the Panthers' benefit, two of their last three games get to be played at home, and I think this is actually a great spot for Carolina to be playing the Saints. First of all, you've got the Saints won a game last week that they arguably probably shouldn't have won. That final score of 28-14 to does not even begin to tell the story of this football game at, look, the Saints didn't particularly look great in this game, and at first, it was really kind of looking like, man, this this is a trap game. Like, man, Tampa Bay is going to win this thing. Had they been playing a less inept team on the other side, I don't necessarily know that New Orleans comes out of last week with a win. But here's the big one, and here's why I say this is such a good position for Carolina. The Saints... This will be their third consecutive road game, very late in the season for this, back-to-back-to-back roadies. This is also back-to-back road games within the division for New Orleans. They were in Tampa Bay last week. They won that game. Now you got to go to Carolina and you're going to try to win back-to-back road games within your own division. It's a very difficult thing to do. Not enough people talk about it. It's tough. And I don't necessarily know that the Saints are feeling the pressure to do that. They can't be feeling any pressure. Obviously, they've already locked up the division and they can't be feeling any pressure that, oh geez, if we don't win, we might not get a first round bye. Like they're on track to get a first round bye here. I just don't think this is a great spot for New Orleans. I'm going to take Carolina as a 5-1 and one team in their own building that is desperate to win out to try to make a push for the last playoff spot in the NFC. I'm going to take Carolina here. This feels like a good spot. Let's take the Panthers at home against the Saints. 
to hang a loss on division rival New Orleans. On the line, the Panthers are a six-point dog at home. We like them to win. It would be the biggest upset we've taken this week. Let's take Carolina plus the six points. Total in the game is set at 52. I've got this game ending 25 to 24 in favor of Carolina. That is only 49 points. Let's stay under 52 points in Carolina, New Orleans. Okay, folks, here we go. Platinum, gold, silver, and bronze picks for week 15 in the NFL 2018. We'll start, as always, with the bronze pick, where I'm 9-5 straight up, 7-6-1 against the spread, but an abysmal 4-10 on the total. This sees the aforementioned Baltimore Ravens at home playing host to the Tampa Bay Bucks. This is a great spot for Baltimore. Baltimore has to be desperate. They're in the wild card conversation, but they're still in the division conversation as well. They know Pittsburgh's got a real tough game against New England. If Pittsburgh drops that game, it could be Baltimore's division to lose from that point on. Baltimore knows they need to win this game. They've been getting the job done at home at four and two. Bucks, not exactly a great team in general, certainly not on the road. They've only won one of their six road games so far this season. It's an excellent spot for Baltimore. Let's take the Ravens at home to beat the Bucks, despite the potential issues at quarterback. Looks like Lamar Jackson's going to be fine, and it looks like Joe Flacco's ready to come back as well. So it'll be very, very interesting to see how that gets managed by the Ravens. On the line, Ravens are favored by eight full points at home. Obviously, Bucks eight-point dogs. I'm going to take that. I'm going to take those points, though. We're going to lay minus eight on Baltimore. Baltimore is actually 2-0 against the spread this season at home as a favorite of more than a touchdown. So they've covered this or a number like this twice in their own building. We're going to go with that against a 1-5 road team. Baltimore minus eight. Total in the game is set at 46.5 points. I've got this game finishing 31-21 to 21 in favor of Baltimore. That's 51 points, and or sorry, 52 points. Good at math. So we're going to take over 46.5. Ravens straight up. We're going to hammer the Ravens minus 8 against the spread. Over 46.5 points. That is your bronze pick. My silver pick where I'm 9-5 straight up, 7-7 seven seven against the spread, and 6-8 and on the totals, sees the Atlanta Falcons at home playing host to the Arizona Cardinals. And this is just a spot matchup for me. Like, look, the Falcons are not exactly a good football team this season. They're only at 4-9. and nine. Neither is Arizona. Arizona's only at 3-10. and 10. They have won more games on the road, have the Cardinals, than they've won at home this season. They're 2-4 and four on the road, only 1-6 and six in their own building. But look, the Falcons can score points. They've gotten some defensive pieces back. I think their defense in general is playing better. They've won three of their four games this season in their own building. This is their opportunity in what has been a bad season to finish four and four in their own building and take a little bit of motivation heading into next year. We're going to take the Falcons in this spot. Let's take Atlanta at home to beat the Cardinals. On the line, however, holy crow. The Falcons are favored by eight and a half points at home. I, that's just too many points for me against, you know, against a team, obviously that's not very good, but for a team, you'd be laying points on a team that is four and nine to cover by eight and a half points. Not only is Atlanta four and nine, they've had a really bad season against the spread and they're only two and six against the spread this season as a favorite of anything. 
Eight and a half points is too many for me. Vegas has been underrating the Cardinals against the spread all season long. It's happened at least three or four times so far. So let's take Arizona plus the eight and a half points. Total in the game is set at 44. I got this thing 25 to 22 in favor of the Falcons. That's 47 points. We're going to go over the 44 total. So Atlanta straight up. We're hedging our bets a little bit. Just too many points on the spread and going Arizona plus the eight and a half in a game that goes over 44 points. That is your silver pick. My gold pick, where I'm 12-2 straight up and 7-7 both against the spread and over-under, sees the Los Angeles Rams at home playing host to the Philadelphia Eagles, and all I can say is poor Philly. Philly just finds themselves in a situation where they're in somebody else's backyard, they're at somebody else's tree, and they look up, and there's an angry hornet's nest coming right towards their face, and that's what the LA Rams are. For a team that has predicated itself and prided itself all season on its offense and how it can move the ball and score points, Chicago embarrassed them offensively last week to the tune of just six points. And they are going to take that frustration out on the Super Bowl champions. Never mind the fact that this is back-to-back -back road games for the Eagles. They were right there with the Cowboys last week to win that football game and they just, they they let it get away from them. They, just, they literally just handed the game over. Back-to-back -back road games is not a good spot for the Eagles. That defense, I still have so many question marks about it. I think the Rams get back on track offensively in this one. Let's take LA at home to beat Philly. On the line, Rams are favored by nine points at home. This seems like a big number, but you know what? It's not double digits. And to be perfectly honest, double digits is what I expected. And if the Rams had played a better game last week, it probably would be double digits. I think nine points is a gift as long as you can get it. Let's take the Rams minus the nine points. Total in the game is set at 53 and a half points. I've got this game finishing 33 to 21. That is 54 points. Let's take over 53 and a half. So Rams win straight up and we're going to hammer the Rams minus nine against the spread in a game that goes over 53 and a half. That is your gold pick. And the platinum pick where I'm 12 and 2 straight up, 6 and 8 against the spread, and 6, 7, and 1 on the over-unders, sees the New York Jets at home playing host to the Houston Texans. And this is another one of these situations where I think the Jets are just gonna kind of run into a buzzsaw here. The Texans for you know months have been the hottest team in the NFL. They lost a divisional game last week. I think this is too good a football team right now to lose games, to lose back-to-back -back games. So I think they're going to go into New York. Jets are not exactly a great football team. Granted, they did win their football game last week. That is one win in a row. That is their fourth win of the season. And that is something to hang your hat on at the very least. But look, I just, I just don't think this is a great spot for the Jets. What can I say? This is one of two games that's actually going to be played on Saturday. Houston and New York, as well as Cleveland and Denver. Those games are on Saturday, so make sure you don't miss them. But I just don't like the Jets here. I don't think this is a good spot for them. Texans have played incredibly well all season. They're a good road team at 4-2. They've been very good against AFC opponents. Let's take Houston to get back on track here and get the division all but clinched up. Actually, a win might clinch the division for them. Let's take Houston on the road in New York to beat the Jets. On the line here, Texans are favored by six points on the road. Jets six-point dogs at home. Felt like taking that number originally. I was like, ooh, six points. I think that's a little too many. But the Jets 
are 0-2 against the spread this season as a home dog of anything, and only 3-6 against the spread this season as a dog of anything. So you know what? I just don't like those trends. I don't trust the Jets' defense to hang up and cover this. I don't trust the offense to score enough points for them to cover this. So let's take Houston minus the six points. I think Houston covers on the road. Total in the game set at 41 and a half. I've got this game finishing 27 to 20 in favor of the Texans. That is 47 points. We're going to go over the 41 and a half point total. Texans win. We're going to hammer the Texans minus six against the spread in a game that goes over 41 and a half points. That is your platinum pick. All right, folks, those are your picks for week 15, 2018 NFL regular season. It is time now for the patented comment of the week. Comment of the week this week goes to fellow NFL YouTube prognosticator and New England Patriots and basically New England sports superfan Andrew Warren. His comment from the video last week says, I agree on my Patriots not covering the spread. Thank you, they didn't. But my Pats will squish the fish this weekend. Ooh, um, it, it was kind of looking like they were going to squish the fish, and then they got squished on the last play of the game. And I hate to keep bringing that up, but my God, what a play that was. Don't worry, though, Andrew. You squished the competition because yours is the comment of the week from the week 14 episode. There you go, folks. Week 15 is in the books and in audio form, no less. That's it for me, Justin, Bridgewater's Finest on YouTube, Blockbuster underscore guy on Twitter, fueled as always by the great folks at Nerd Tees. Look, the scheduling is tough this time of year. I appreciate your patience with some episodes being on Tuesday, some being on Wednesday. It's not ideal, but I appreciate your patience and all of the, you know, again, everything that you afford to me by coming back, watching these episodes every single week. Thank you so much for watching. Week 15 is in the books. We'll see you again in week 16 and good luck in the first round or maybe even second round of your fantasy football playoffs. See you next week. Thank you.